Twitch of the Death Nerve. The first motion picture to require face-to-face -face warning. Every ticket holder must pass through the theater's final warning station. We must warn you face-to-face. -face. Warning. Are you aware that Twitch of the Death Nerve contains scenes which may be the stimulus that initiates psychological shock? Warning. During scenes of intense shock, do not attempt to leave your seat. If necessary, close your eyes, but remain seated until you have regained your composure. Warning. There are 13 periods of intense shock. Do not subject yourself to more than one strong reaction. Warning. Diabolical, fiendish, savage. You may not walk away from this one. Welcome to Definitely First Blood. My name is Mitch. And I'm Christopher. And we are a horror movie podcast. And we talk about horror movies from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, occasionally today. Sometimes, like last week, we do weird episodes where we kind of just do whatever the fuck we want. Because it's our podcast. And that's the truth. So, hi. Oh, hi there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm also good. Had a great weekend. I did. We had a fantastic weekend. It's finally summer in our area of the world. We're sipping sipping brews yeah. for the first time in uh, a while instead of called? red wine. A Miller... A Miller High Life. A High Life. Uh, it's the champagne of beers. Yeah, apparently so. So, you know, there's that. It's got that going for it. Uh, Mine's see almost here. empty, so uh, I'm going to need to top up. Bruden, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, Moncton, St. John's, Union made since 1903. Well, isn't that just dandy? Yeah, so if you uh, if you live near a liquor store, uh, I don't know, I'd say... Or any sort of store in the United States. It's worth trying out. Miller High Life gets my seal of approval. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to treat yourself. <laughs> so, there oh, we go. boy. Oh, boy. That's pinkies out drink for sure speaking of treat yourself what kind of film are we talking about today sort of going for a summer but not really vibe with a lakefront horror yet another sort of cottagey one of the earliest slasher slashers bay of blood the bay of blood 1971 1971 uh also known as carnage also known as twitch of the death nerve aka Last House on the Left Part 2, a.k.a. New House on the Left, a.k.a. Chain Reaction, a.k.a. Bloodbath, a.k.a. Snuff is My Game, a.k.a. The Antecedent, a.k.a. Ecology of a Crime, a.k.a. The Smell of Flesh. Hmm. They'd, a lot of AKAs. A lot there's of a lot more, too. Names but. that don't really apply to the plot. <laughs> oh, absolutely not at all. Um, written by Mario Bava, Giuseppe Zaccariello, and Filippo Atoni. From story by Dardano Sacchietti, Gianfranco Bar uh, Barberi, with collaboration from Laura Betti, Sergio Canavari, and Franco Venorio. So it's safe to say this is a Chinese-produced film? Exactly, yes. yes. Okay. Directed by Mario Bava. 
stars Claudine Auger as Renata, and she's best known for uh, being a Bond girl. Mm-hmm. She's Domino in Thunderball. Ooh. Luigi Pistilli as Alberto, Claudio Camasso as Simon, Ana Maria Rosati as Laura, Chris Avram as Franco, and uh, Brigitte Skay as Runhilde. It's great because none of their names really matter in the long run. No, they really don't, no. especially the teens. Thankfully, I only included Brunhilda because uh, I thought her character was hilarious. So this movie starts right on the opening credits with oh, a yeah. very tiki bar feeling font, the, which kind of mo- makes sense. The most ridiculous font I've ever seen used in a horror movie, I think. Sweeping shots of the lake and whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's a fly that goes into the water and dies or something. Ooh. Yeah, I also wrote that down because I was like, what does this have to do with the rest of the movie? (laughs) Well, there's bugs. That's so true. There are bugs. This is a movie that's brave enough to acknowledge bugs. And make the bold claim that they have souls. Apparently so. Then we see the big estate house on the lake. Mm -hmm. I guess on the bay would be a better way of describing that. The woman, a woman, Countess Donati, lives inside. She's motoring around in, in her, her wheelchair, wheelchair at blazing speeds. Makes her way through her house. She watches water drip down her windowsill. Forlornly looks in the mirror. Surveys the bay. Ah, my bay. Uh, and then she starts wheeling herself into her sitting room, I assume. She's already sitting. She gets scared, and then there's a noose, and she gets hanged. Yeah, the noose comes out of nowhere, uh, and she gets hanged. The person hanging her puts a noose around her neck, puts his foot on her chair, and just kicks, kicks the it chair. Away. And it sort of rolls away and then flattens. Yeah, like, I love it. It ooh, collapses it on itself. Ooh, pretty violent. It's also very dramatic, the way she's just hanging there in the center of this draped doorway. Yeah, pres- yeah, it really is. And, like, presumably she can't stand up. Yeah. So she's fucked. Like, the... hunched over. Oh, totally. It's Ooh, very not a good way scary, to go. actually. I don't yeah, know. Like, the idea of it. About. It's not... And it's they don't skimp on the, the length of the scene mm-hmm. either. It really takes her a while. Not the full four minutes, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. And we find out that the person who did this, as he takes his gloves off, is her husband. We don't find out he's her husband until later, yeah. but... Count Filippo Donati. I love this. He, he takes the gloves off. First of all, it's your fucking house. Your fingerprints would be <laughs> everywhere. But then after he does this, like the first thing that he does, well, one of the many things that he does is touch the evidence. Does after, he? He takes the gloves off and like after he goes outside, he like touches the note with his bare hand. Oh, gotcha. I mean, I guess in the long run, but whatever. I was sort of like, wow. That does make sense because if he was going to say he found the body, that, right? that does make sense. And then he would yeah. pick up the quote unquote suicide. Note. I don't know, but a lot going on when you don't really know what's happening. Yeah, he like, hears a noise, he checks the door, there's nothing there. So then he goes to do something with the body. Mm-hmm. Like he takes his jacket off. And then he gets stabbed to death by an unseen killer. The killer is uh, very considerate and stabs him with a knife that's maybe two inches long. It's not a very big knife, that's oh for sure. Oh my <laughs> god. Uh, I mean, I don't want to be stabbed. And I'm not saying that I would ever want to be stabbed. But I feel like I would rather like a long filleting knife or something that's really going to get the job done quick. Rather than something that's going to uh, leave me in agony on the floor for an extended amount of time as I bleed out. I think I'm in agreement with you there, bud. And then we meet Laura and Franco in a post-coital moment. And for our listeners, I had to re-record that three times because I kept saying poist. Poist. It's a real tongue twister, so don't worry about it. So a post-coital, fucking basically, 
Uh, and they're under a fur blanket. Yeah, they're... Okay, the conversations in this movie, I was only sort of half paying attention to. Mm-hmm. So are they talking about, like... He's talking about her, right? He's talking about some sort of animal, yeah, but, but I have no idea. He's why. like, it's a rare animal. It's tall, it has freckles, or moles or something. Yeah. But I think he's talking about yes. her. Can't you hear it calling? What? It was a squawk. Oh, it was, huh? And what's that? What's a squonk, huh? Mm. Well, for your information, the squonker is not Norm. It's a dark-colored creature. Oh, Frank, why do you do that? Its skin is covered with moles. Uh, it's equipped with long claws and strong teeth. Uh, clever little beast. But it's still very easy to find. Hmm. It only gives itself away because a uh, squonk never stops whimpering. Uh, you know what the squonk does when captured? It dissolves into tears. Those two will do. It leaves me here with a broken heart. And that makes you happy. Some of its other peculiarities are sulkiness, diffidence, and possessiveness. All these are highly inconvenient tendencies for personal secretary, dear. Anyways, the apartment is insanely 60s. And it was impossible to keep track of what was going on. Yeah, but that's the same in a lot of these, like, Italian movies, right? Yeah, and especially for me, who has trouble <laughs> keeping track of, like, a Avengers movie, probably. So He gets up, he gets dressed, he throws some stuff in a disgusting alligator briefcase, and oh, yeah. the two of them talk about what happened in the opening scene. So the police initially suspected the husband of killing the Countess, but because he disappeared due to being dead, as we know, mm-hmm. they accepted that she killed herself, largely due to the suicide note. Talk about police incompetence. So these two were obviously in on it. He's going to head back to the bay to go get the signature that he needs. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a blooper in the scene when he's talking to her before he leaves. Yeah. Where he calls her Anna. <laughs> and her name is Laura. Perfect. But the actress's name is Anna. Okay. So maybe he's talking to the actress. Yeah, perhaps. Not the character. Yeah. Um, In addition to this being the most 60s apartment ever, did you notice the balloons that were above her head while she was in bed? The, like, glass fake balloons, right? What They're the like hell? orbs or something. And I don't know that they were He has so ones. many glass decorations. He's got on the little shelf a bunch of just glass bricks with, like, circles coming out of them. <laughs> hey, now. Whatever. Can you imagine what it must have been like to be at a thrift store in the 70s? Just all these glass marbles and... I feel like at a thrift store, the 70s would have been mostly 50s stuff. Mm -hmm. That's true. Because that would have been like very not in fashion then. The simplicity. Because the 60s were like a total rip-roaring antithesis to the 50s. Where it was like patterned everything. You know, that's true. Orange. The war is over. <laughs> uh, we can she, finally live again. So Laura wants to come with them, mm-hmm. but he isn't so keen. So she flashes them, and she's wearing an extremely large amount of makeup on her body. She is. And then he leaves. And then cut to a dude, Simon, sucking guts out of an octopus. Yeah. Um. At first, I was like, is that just like a wad of flesh or something? But no, it's an octopus. I fucking love octopus. Mm hmm. Octopus sashimi is amongst my all-time favorite foods. Deep-fried octopus? But, like, gross? 
And then they call it a squid, but it's definitely an octopus. Yeah, definitely an octopus. Uh, very strange. Just very strange. And you're also, you have no idea who these people are, how they fit into anything, really. No. So just a fisherman sucking the guts out of an octopus. <laughs> Up on a hill, there's a camping trailer mm-hmm. and somebody watching him through binoculars. In the bushes. Very mysterious. And then the binocular haver, Alberto, mm-hmm. who we will uh, learn a little bit more about very little wood mm-hmm. anyway so he pans around and then we see another guy paolo traipsing through the woods with a big bug net looking for a bug i was like what the fuck is happening right now <laughs> we got the octopus guy we got mr nets how often in your entire life other than on tv have you seen an adult running around with the bug net i've never seen it i don't know I feel like have did you ever hunt for butterflies or anything? As um, a kid? I definitely did. I don't think I really caught any, like maybe ladybugs. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember catching butterflies, but definitely like ladybugs, grasshoppers. If I had killed, yeah, when we went camping, I would always catch the grasshoppers. But if I killed them, I would get really sad. So I never did that, and I never <laughs> kept them for too long. And then this is gonna sound super cruel, but there's, like, honestly, where I'm from, they're so bad. Some summers we would get absolutely horrendous amounts of those army worms, mm-hmm. like so bad that they'd cover the roads. Ew. And when you drove over them, you could hear them pop. Ew. Or whole tree trunks would be moving Ew. because they're so covered. We would get fish flies. Yeah, we also got fish flies. And they would cover everything. My parents' house was very close to the water, uh, not on the water, we're not that fancy, but it would cover our house with them. And I was so scared of them when I was a little kid because they're just so gross and alien looking and then when they would die and their bodies would like float away onto your face turn into husks gross i say no thank you (laughs) all the spider webs would just be like loaded with them yeah i wonder if they still come out as badly probably i feel like they're one of those things where it depends on the year Mm. much like army worms yeah or cicadas i guess we didn't really catch them for fun but we would put the army worms in like coffee tins and then cover them with lighter fluid and light them on fire cool like my grandparents did that and i'm well, who am i to say because they're gross right <laughs> and they're everywhere exactly gonna get eaten by birds anyways uh so what's his face alberto chasing after a bug and then mm-hmm. we meet renata oh alberto's not chasing after the bug paolo's chasing yeah then we meet renata she takes the binoculars from alberto uh, mm-hmm. there's lots of introductions to this family here. Yes. Such a varied bunch. Um, she watches as Paolo misses the bug. Ah. And then Simon teases him about it. He's always trying to catch this dang bud, but it keeps getting away from him. So he can study it or see how much suffering it can take, says Simon. Track how, track its movements. Apparently, and it's not just any bug. It's a specific bug that he's banded last year. But they're not going to even deign to tell us what bug it is. Because it probably doesn't exist. The bug? You're trying to catch a bug from a year ago? The bug's dead, dude. It's way dead. It's dead. It says... He says that it remembers his face. I'm sure. I'm... It remembers dying, is what it remembers. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Simon and Paolo have this whole conversation Mm -hmm. about how his killing of bugs is different than the killing of the... He calls them squid, but the octopus. Yeah. Man should live and let live, and without any interfering. Even that poor squid was free once, Simon. Huh? I studied Goliopters because I loved them. Huh. Sure, but the squirming little creatures still end up under your microscope. Yeah, he's dead, all right, but 
At least, I eat my squid. But I don't kill as a hobby like you do. Good Lord, Simon. You make me feel like a murderer. I'm not saying that, Mr. Fasadi. But if you kill for killing's sake, you become a monster. But man isn't an insect, my dear Simon. We have centuries of civilization behind us, you know. No, I don't know. I wasn't there. You've changed, you know? Why? Do you think the Countess was murdered? It is suicide, Mr. Fasadi. Suicide. The police said suicide. Oh, of course, of course. I'm sorry. Mm. It was a slip. <laughs> and then uh, Paolo calls him out for being different since the Countess died. Ooh. And he's like, you know, you kill for killing's sake. Uh, that's not true. He kills to put them on little boards and look at them. Exactly. Yeah. It's an entomology, baby. Very different. For all we know, he could be solving Silence of the Lambs type crimes. And he's not making out with them after he catches them, which is another positive. Well, it's not shown on screen, anyways. It's in the special features on the DVD, I think. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Then we uh, get Franco again. He talks to someone called Your Honor on the phone. So a a judge, I guess, which doesn't really make any sense. No. Um, that he's going to get the signature to start developing the Countess's land ASAP. Right away. There was actually a really good shot where he hangs up the phone mm-hmm. just as it cuts to like the gas hose being put back oh, in. Oh, nice. So it was very seamless. Did honestly. you see all the logos on the door that were like pasted there? No, like tell play, me about them. Playboy logo. The all, one all stuff. presumably that, like here's all the shit that you can buy at this gas station. The actress who plays Therese was in Playboy actually. Oh. Uh, seven years after this movie, but yeah. Anyway, then we get maybe the first example of the driving to the place slasher sequence that I always talk about. This filled me with such anxiety. Where four young folks are driving out to the woods in their convertible jeep. It's not really. It's a like jeep. a dune buggy. Yeah, jeep sort of thing. None of them are wearing seatbelts. Of course not. It's 1970. They are standing up while the vehicle is moving and grabbing at branches to to rip the branches (laughs) off of trees and just screaming and, hey, that's not safe. There's Therese, Brunhilda, Luca, and Roberto. Cool. Uh, Therese is French. Brunhilda is German. Or Swedish, maybe. She's wearing the shortest... Dress I have ever seen. I love it though. It's like this. I couldn't tell if it was velvet or silk. Or like it was like lure. a dark green. Yeah. She's got a cute little bow in her hair. She should have been Irish instead That's of great German. <laughs> I'm assuming, but um, yeah. They stop at this place. Brunhilde, at your service. Hey, those tanks are open. Brunhilde, you'll fall in. You'll fall in. Don't be such a where are you going? To the water, come! Abandoned nightclub? Yes, because they talk about this throughout the movie mm-hmm. where this is one of the things that uh, the guy who killed his wife at the beginning tried to like bring and then it just went under. Yeah, so, so let's try it again. Yeah. It worked so well the first time. Let's do it all over, <laughs> except the worst. Let's ruin this entire bay. This, yeah, it's just this dilapidated old building that has a swimming pool. 
they find it they start dancing yeah because there's a dance floor they have their cassette player <laughs> and they're going all out it's like uh that one movie we did where it's like we're going to the haunted house on halloween night yeah. to have this party you know it's just like that and then it cuts to a bunch of tarot cards being read by anna the lines of air fire water and all the earth are now complete she's very dramatically reading them and she has the whitest foundation i've ever seen i thought she was reading it for someone else but no it's just her she's doing it for her own edification guzzling down the wine like a champ Mm -hmm. lady after my own heart yeah what have you and thirstiness uh and she's she's got like intense she's full-on tarot reader she's got bangles she's got a black cape uh eyeliner wild eyeliner yeah bananas uh curly wig thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she and looks quite the sight she comes downstairs like there's a very clear dichotomy in this movie where like upstairs is her area and downstairs is paolo's area yeah, sort bug of land. so she just comes stomping down the stairs and is like oh uh, there's there's going to be tears shed uh, <laughs> i've got bad stuff is on the way and uh paolo's like you said that it was going to be good news last week the clouds are swirling there will be tears shed over the bay. Really? Oh, good lord. Just think of that, Ferdinando. And now what? The Aleph appeared at the end of the line of fire. The Ariman was suspended between the waters and the air. The sickle of death is about to strike. Oh, good lord. But your cards sometimes. Last week, the Aleph came out first. And a gust of joy was about to blow over the bay. And yet someone strangled Porsche the Regan's death. <laughs> you are even more insensitive than your coleopters. Can't you sense the rattled breathing of death? She says something really cryptic like fire, earth, air, and water. Now they're all complete. Never return to again. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, she and Paolo have this like back and forth mm-hmm. about how. She doesn't love anything, and then she spins a yarn about the sickle of death. Whoa! They seem to really dislike each other, but in almost like that classic trope of the time. I married you, and I hate you. The odd couple sort of thing. Yeah, and she's like, Honeymooners. You don't know how to enjoy life. (laughs) And then they make a point of being like, don't knock over my acid. But that never comes back. Never comes back. I guess it's just to show that he's being cruel to these things by making them swim in acid. I, I mean, I guess. I also don't know anything about etymology to know if that's cruel or not to a little bug. But yeah, I don't know. Either. What are you going to do? At the nightclub, the dancing continues and they start getting hornier and hornier. They're chasing each other around. They go outside and fool around with a swimming pool. Yeah. Brunhilde really wants to swim in this disgusting, fetid water. I'm going to type in. Brunhilde. Here I come. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> First, both of these female characters are painted with not even half of a stroke of a paintbrush. No. They're just like, they want to fuck and they're dumb. <laughs> and oh, foreign. Let's go swimming. <laughs> and then, as this is all happening through the wicker, there's an eye watching them. It's watching them do their little running around. And Brunhilde literally runs away, like, like a child, to go swim in the bay. Away from all of them. 
Uh, what? While the other three of them go up to the houses. Yeah, let's break into this house. Uh, which is Franco's cottage or something. The architect's and cottage. They, yeah. des- they decide to break in for some reason. Because why not? I mean, it's not like anyone obviously lives there or anything. Oh, yeah. It's not like it's just a fully inhabited home. Uh, there's some very airy 70s music playing mm-hmm. while Brunhilde strips down to go skinny dipping. And I can't imagine how cold the water must have been because it, it is autumn. It looked <laughs> cold. It looked freezing. Yeah. Hopefully they paid her extra. There's Whatever. someone watching her, which we get from like the POV shots ah. uh, from within the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby, no, Luca gets a window open. Yeah, 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 yeah. Luca gets a window open and he gets into the house and opens the door for them and he spooks them with a spear and a mask. Ooh, two of the scariest things. You did it, formidable. He's pissed at Bobby because, I don't know, he said something like, Where do you think you're going, huh? You said you'd take the crowd, girl. They continue dancing all like a cool cat. Like, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Therese goes and tries to open some doors, Mm -hmm. as you do when you break into someone's home. Just looking for the bedroom or something. And she ends up finding the bedroom. And they find photos of Franco and stuff. And then Luca and Therese are going to bang. Of course they're going to bang. So uh, Bobby better get get out of there. Brunhilde manages to get her foot wrapped around a rope holding the Count's body down. Mm-hmm. So then his body floats up and she gets scared and starts running. Can't keep a good count down. She kind of gets dressed. Uh, she dresses while she's running, which I appreciate. And she runs back to the nightclub, mm-hmm. which we know is currently empty. Yeah, because all of her friends just were like, oh, she'll find her way to us somehow. I mean, I don't know how she can't hear this <laughs> obnoxiously loud music that we're playing in the house that we're broken into. There's definitely somebody else there. Mm-hmm. They're making noise. She thinks it's Bobby, but obviously it isn't. Is that you? So then a chase ensues. Probably one of the first slasher chase scenes that I can think of, too. Big old chase. She runs up some stairs towards the house that the rest of them mm-hmm. are in. But then she gets her throat chopped and slashed by a bull hook, And she dies. Very scary machete looking thing. The bull hook. No yeah. thanks. So the sun sets on Brunhilde's life. And Bye. also the lake. And Bobby looks through some books while Therese and Luca bone down. As you do. Some POV shots of someone creeping around the house. They knock over a flower pot, which gets Bobby's attention. Super loud. And then when he goes to check, he gets the bull hook through the face. Deep into his face. And of course, they're too busy in flagranto delicte. And again, he blinks a lot, which I thought seemed realistic. Yep. I think it was intentional, too. Like, when Brunhilde died, it showed her breathing, even when she was, like, had stopped moving. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And her, I love the pose that she finishes in. Her legs are, like, intertwined with each other and bent. Mm -hmm. But the rest of her is limp. (laughs) The killer grabs the spear from earlier, and he heads into the bedroom where Therese and Luca are fucking. I liked the, when the spear made the appearance Mm -hmm. in the edge of the camera, and you're like, oh, boy. And then he impales them through the back. And again, they squirm a lot before dying. 
Yeah, you probably would. And obviously both of these scenes were lifted directly to be used in Friday the 13th Part 2. I'm okay with it. And then they show their Jeep and it looks like it's smiling and it feels sad. It's all alone (laughs) outside because no one's going to come back for it. But someone did come back for Uh, it. Where do you think they put it? I'm not sure. Maybe they just drove it into the fucking bay. No. I don't want that. It's too happy. It doesn't deserve that. <laughs> it doesn't deserve to be ridden like by maniacs, and it doesn't deserve to be driven into the bay. There, I said it. And what is a weird little interstitial shot? It shows Simon tidying his shit up down at the water when mm-hmm. he hears a noise and like flashes the light. I guess we do find out that it's because he's like covering up the the count's body. That's true, but I don't fucking know. Um, and then we're back with Renata and Alberta. Mm-hmm. Alberto. Sorry, dog crying in the background. And Alberto, who are leaving their kids in their camper. Of course. She says they should have just left the kids with their aunt, but he thinks children should be with their parents. God, this is a bizarre decision in this movie. This movie is so weird. It is, in a lot of ways. Like, starting now, when it really starts to go off the rails. (laughs) The kids watch as they drive away. Because they weren't asleep after all. Claudine Auger... Bless her heart, does a legendarily bad job fake driving. She's doing the thing where she's constantly moving the wheel. You know, the thing you do like when you're back driving and forth. down a straight road, <laughs> just constantly veering back and forth. Yeah. Oh, boy. Franco sees him drive by just as he's about to go in his house. And the two of them end up at Paula and Anna's house to talk about her stepmother and her father mm-hmm. who disappeared after her stepmother They're died. They're trying to figure out what happened. The Fasadis tell her about her father's taste for women and his other vices, and that he was planning on turning the pay, uh, the bay into a fancy resort. Uh oh. Which Paolo says won't happen because of all of the insects. Too many insects. <laughs> There's just too many of them. Anna drops the pretty huge drama bomb that the Countess had an illegitimate son. Maybe Federica's will leaves everything to her illegitimate son. Her illegitimate son? Your stepmother did have her brighter moments. Didn't you know that Simon is the offspring of her secret affair? Uh-huh. But who is this Simon? Oh, he's a fellow who lives here in the shack on the bay. He's part watchman, part fisherman, and even part petty thief. Anna! He's a good soul, really. It's just that uh, recently he's come up with some weird notion. Who is Simon? Yeah, don't you know that? Ha 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 ha. And it's entirely possible that he'll inherit everything. And very similar to Castle Freak, he was a constant reminder of her weak flesh. And that's why he lives right under her nose. Yeah, oh, it's like a punishment. (laughs) So Anna recommends that they speak, speak to Franco because he knew her father very well and they leave. That's when Anna notices that Paolo has a hand injury that he says was from a pet knife. A pet knife. I mean, pretty coincidental. Never revisited. <laughs> so don't worry about it. I think it's because they're trying to paint them as like red herrings or something. Well, also when the the couple arrives at their house, Paolo is like half around the corner of the the shed, being like, "Oh, the light from your your car is killing me. <laughs> oh no!" Just like a bug. Yeah, right. exactly. Renata and Alberto talk about how Simon is coming between them and their inheritance now, mm-hmm. and she wonders if there's anybody else in the way. Uh-oh. 
Franco and Simon are just coming out of uh, Simon's cottage when they hear and see Renata and Alberto coming. And then it cuts to Franco as he talks on the phone to Your Honor Mm -hmm. about how a slight complication has come up and that Simon has signed everything. Excellent. Great. Wonderful. (laughs) The, The couple is talking to Simon down by his little area. Yeah. And uh, they're just, like, talking to him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And then uh, she sees the octopus octopus arm, like, coming out from underneath the tarp. Distinctly human-shaped tarp. (laughs) Yeah, and she's just like, oh, I'll look under this tarp. Oh, what do you know? It's my dad, the corpse of my father. Sucked on by the fucking octopus. Just like you were sucking on the octopus earlier, sir. (laughs) What are you teaching them, sir? She freaks out, and Simon tells Alberto to take her to uh, Franco Ventura's cottage. Oh, I just happened to find him, and I decided not to mention it. <laughs> so the two of them head up there, and they call for him as uh, as Franco is framed precariously with a hatchet. Mm-hmm. The house is empty. There's no sign of the blood from the earlier stabbing. Yeah. So she's like pukey, weak. Very she doesn't sad. want to leave. He's going to go get their car. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the bathroom, bedroom, somewhere to rinse the, the off bathroom her to puke and drink some water. Yeah. And then when she turns on the light, she sees in the mirror all of the young couple, like all four of them, stacked in the tub behind her. Ah. Yikes. Oh, no. And then she, uh, she sees Franco with a hatchet. Mm-hmm. And she tries to slam the door closed, but he blocks it with his foot until she grabs a big old pair of scissors. Yeah. And she stabs him through the glass in the leg, like shatters the glass. Smart. That like decorative amber glass from that time. Very pretty. Um, but we later find out that's really all she does. She just leaves him there. It's like, ah, I did it. I stabbed him in the part of the body known to be the weakest, the hip. Alberto goes back to the Fasadi's house and he tells Anna that they found the body of Donati. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to look. And as he gets in his car, her husband Paolo asks if Alberto has seen her. And then he says she went down towards the bay. Everyone is just running all over the fucking place. If truly. only they had cell phones. Absolutely. All truly. this would have been solved. <laughs> they wouldn't have to worry about this. They could just be like, yo, found. Found a dead dad, etc., etc. Anna walks along the shore. I suppose this was supposed to be at night in this scene, but it's truly midday levels of brightness, yep. just with a slight blue hue. Um, she sees the door ajar at Simon's cabin. She like peers through the window, mm-hmm. gets spooked by a bird. Ah. And Alberto gets to Franco's just as Paolo is leaving in fear. And like it's not a bad sign or anything. No, he just like gets there and he's like, oh, what's going on? Uh, and then... He runs away. Yeah. Uh, so Paolo runs to back to his house and gets frantically looking for a phone book to call the police. Uh-huh. Apparently this is before 911. <laughs> well, first, like, Renata tells Alberto that she's the one who killed Franco. You're kidding. You... What did you expect me to do? There's no time to lose now, Alfred. I'll explain later. Hurry before he calls the police. Stop him before he ruins everything, Albert. And then she tells Alberto to go get Paolo. Ah. Interesting. Interesting. And then while he's busy with that, first he gets a wrong number. Yeah. 
hey, <laughs> what's up, dude? You can't just call the operator and be like, oh, there's been a move. He's only used to bug emergencies, <laughs> not these crazy yeah. human emergencies. Yeah. He doesn't know the first thing to do. And also, he does not lock the fucking door. He just no like, one does. In this, comes entire, into his house. in this entire movie, doors are left wide open. This is like truly pre-serial killer mania of the 70s and I 80s, guess. though. So. I guess. I don't know. I guess. Anyway, Alberto comes in and strangles him to death with the phone cord. Yeah, right as he's about to connect to the police, finally. <laughs> oh, no. What a terrible way to go. No, thanks. Oh, boy. I don't know. I don't know. This movie has some weird stuff in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you ever had to call the police uh, while using the phone book? No. Oh, sorry. Never while using the phone book. I'm just trying to interject some personal stories into this. <laughs> you ever strangled someone with a phone cord? Mm. No, and certainly not while on the phone to the police. I also don't know why I'm putting on this accent to ask you these questions. Because you're trying to catch me in a lie. Yes, that's exactly it. We've been watching a lot of Forensic Files. I'm going to shut... We have been watching a lot of Forensic... Oh my God, should we do a Forensic Files episode? Of our favorite... No, we're not a true crime podcast. I don't mind doing the occasional true crime story Mm -hmm. when we have like a a real life parallel or something. Mm -hmm. But I feel weird talking about that stuff plus none of them are very scary no none of them are very scary the one that does stick with me though is the one where the woman murdered her two children and then afterwards her husband who was not involved apparently came down and was like well i know why someone would break in and try to kill her i mean look at her breasts she's beautiful (laughs) oh that's not funny that's family hey family what's going on with your priorities there uh, whatever i don't know she's i i should check that again because when we watched that she was appealing and the woman who wrote the story mm-hmm. suddenly believed her it's like oh no of course she didn't do it she's she's been framed despite all of this evidence yeah very Wild. weird weird i don't know it was great i loved it one thing I do appreciate about that show is how suddenly they'll just show you a dead body. Yeah, like a full, like, half-charred corpse. A, a person who's been sitting in the desert for days and their essentially rotted-off face. Like their face. It's like, can you imagine being one of these people who they're interviewing? I love my son so much. Two minutes later, here's his mangled corpse yeah. that was found in a dumpster. <laughs> so when they made it look like he blew half of his head off with a shotgun... Just, he also pissed his pants like and it's like <laughs> this is a bit extreme cool yeah and then we also get all of the the detectives and police you know it was between two buildings and uh his throat was slit so we thought he probably jumped from one roof to another caught his neck and then fell on the ground truly one of the wildest ones you thought well. what and it truly great that that guy ended up being killed by a closeted police officer oh my gosh i mean that's not great at all I feel like we're talking about this like we're talking about the movie, but it's all very serious and very sad, but it's very intriguing. The way that, the way that people just talk about it, it's just, I don't think I'd ever talk about a murder in that way normally. I guess, oh, you, you know, when you're a police not. officer, you have to work around that shit all the time, so it probably gets a lot more casual. Yeah, I guess making it banal is probably your best way to deal with it. Just being like, oh, these bodies... Cops gotta do a cops gotta do. You see do, that body? Crazy. Yeah. Oh, what? Another body? I don't even care anymore. I'm so <laughs> jaded. These gritty streets. These gritty streets. Yeah. Rah. 
Yeah. Uh, the movie. Yeah. Bays filled with blood. Um, uh, where were we? Laura. Police, yes. Laura, Franco's lover, finally makes her reappearance at the gas station. She's wearing a beautiful white ensemble. She's truly beautiful. She really is. I just wish they had Olaplex in her day <laughs> to help help her bleached hair. She looks like naturally just like she's gonna go be in an L magazine or something. One hundred P. Yeah. So she stopped at the the gas station and, and she, she... Tr- tries to call her architect Bo as promised, but he doesn't pick up because he's been stabbed in the hip and he can't come to the phone right yeah. now. Meanwhile, Anna goes into Franco's house mm-hmm. and she finds his body and the scissors, and then she just kind of stares at it until Renata comes up behind her and decapitates her with, with it, the axe. With the axe. Excuse me. We've got a we've got a whiny boy here. Yeah. One second. All right, dogs are being uh, pacified, mm-hmm. so we it's can continue on with our episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's do it. So it's too bad that Anna didn't see that coming, her <laughs> decapitation, <laughs> she's a psychic. I it's wonder if true. that was in the cards. I guess she did pull the Ace of Swords, but you'd think it would be something with a clear decapitation metaphor. <laughs> Renata makes the fatal mistake that people always make when they feel like they're everything's landing jelly side up. Mm-hmm. She basks in the fact that there's no more witnesses and that she had to rely on instinct in certain situations. Yeah. I just killed a man. Let's get out of here, Renny. Things are going to turn out bad. I know it. If you're such a coward as to want to dump the whole thing on my shoulders, go right ahead. But I have no intention of losing the bay right now. When it's ours for the asking. But how? You still don't understand. Simon. All we have to do is get rid of Simon. Alberto kind of is showing that he's getting weary or like, wary. I at just this had point. to kill someone. And this is just and a non, like non-issue yeah. for Renata. She's like, "What are you, an old maid? You better fucking <laughs> nut up. You useless crap." She gives her whole evil M.O. about how they have to get rid of Simon so that the whole bay can be theirs. This bay uh. seems like a pretty shitty area for a nightclub. Yeah. So, whatever. Fuck her. <laughs> they skulk in the bushes around his cottage and they watch him carry Donati's body back to the dock. Yeah. Throw it back into the water. Haven't we learned this won't work? Also, you have a boat. Can't you like... True, this is a huge-ass fucking Just take lake Take thing. it out to like somewhere deeper where a German exchange student will not find it. <laughs> Another one? It's so strange. No, let's put them right underneath the dock. The so exact same spot. Gotta keep them close. Maybe that's why. So if it, he does ever come untied, this guy will be the first one to see it instead of being found by some rando. That's a good point. That's I don't know. Point. I don't know. I don't know. He did say that he kills or eats everything that he kills, so I think he should have ate him. <laughs> but what are you going to do? He's Laura gets to Frank's and finds that he's still alive. Yeah, man. So he sends her to go get Simon. So she runs. Why? <laughs> because at this point, he thinks Simon is on his side oh, and is going to help, I see, right? I see. And then when uh, she gets down to his cabin and he's not there initially, then he gets back and he locks the door on her. He starts, like, laying it down. Why did you close the latch? You finally came back to the bay, huh? What do you mean? 
You and Ventura convinced Donati to murder my mother. Your mother? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what Don't you is. play innocent with me, no. you no-good no. filthy whore. Listen, Simon. You made Donati kill her. No. You wanted to marry him, you slut. You were even ready to screw Ventura. No, Simon. You've got it all wrong. Shut up! You bitch. You thought you could take my mother's place, didn't you? No. But I'm going to kill no, you I... like I did tonight. I have nothing to do with it. Ventura. It was Ventura. Honest, that's the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Like he knew it. All along, accusing her and Ventura of uh, convincing Donati to kill his mother. Um, mm -hmm. She says that it was Ventura Franco who did it, and it was ho his whole idea because uh, that the mother would not sell the bay. This bay is hotly in demand. And then we get some flashbacks. Yes. So this is when the flashbacks start. There's like three or four of them. There's Laura and Franco, mm -hmm. and they are trying to talk to the Countess. With the property as interesting as the bay, we'd feel obliged to improve on its natural beauty. We could make it into a paradise. Of bricks and reinforced concrete and sewer pipes? No. I don't feel the obligation you speak of, social or otherwise, to improve on nature's innate sense of beauty. I have no greed for property, but I was born to this land, and you cannot coerce me into selling it, nor usurp it. The bay is my little acre. But why do you object to enhancing its natural character? Would increasing its value be all that immoral? I'm afraid we're considering different values, Mr. Ventura. Whereas I do not necessarily censure your motivations for developing the bay, I have already suffered enough because of an earlier attempt at, as you put it, increasing its value. They're saying, like, come on, uh, just sell it to me, you know? Uh, why not? For any reason. And the Countess is like, why would I sell it to you? I don't want it to be developed. I like it being natural. Um, and also, I'm late for my nap, you yeah. jerk. <laughs> I believe she says innate beauty she doesn't want to disrupt nature's innate beauty definitely or not like that. who does and while she's talking laura sees her diary laying on the the desk she fucking steals and her she diary swipes it. rude <laughs> what are the rudest things you could do and then later the two of them read the diary they're like laughing over it huh, yeah huh, huh. franco's like oh this dumb bitch mm -hmm. this is interesting it ended with them on the 13th of february she says his heart is barren, all is finished. Oh, dear death, come swiftly, come silently. Mm, poor thing. She's very romantic, I must say. <laughs> Who would have thought it? Uh, and this is when Franco gets his grand idea, and he tells Laura to seduce Donati, and they can spin her death as a suicide, mm -hmm. and they're going to use her old diary entry from last February 13th. Oh. Uh, as a suicide note for this coming February 13th, which is two weeks away. Very convenient. Uh, this woman also maybe writes 10 words per page. Enormous Enormous words. Enormous handwriting. What an absolutely devious plan these two have come yes. up with, bud. Very, very devious. <laughs> Simon is pissed. He keeps calling mm -hmm. Laura like a whore. And uh, he wants to get his revenge. So he starts threatening her, and then mm -hmm. she throws boiling water in his face. Which she might as well have spit in his face. Exactly. For all the damage that it does. <laughs> you would think an actively roiling pot of hot water would, I don't know, 
blind you. Right, or at least second degree burns. Hurt your eyeballs really bad. Ooh, ow. <laughs> My eyes. As she tries to run away, he trips her and then he pins her to the ground mm-hmm. and starts strangling her to death. And then when she dies, there's a flashback um, of her in a car mm-hmm. with Donati. Only on one condition. You know that I love you. (laughs) You can't do this to me, Laura. I don't like just being your lover. You know that. If you get rid of Federica, then... Then... (laughs) Laura, it's not that easy. We've discussed it already. What if it fails? It won't won't fail. fail. So she was in on it the whole time. Like, she's way more involved than she said that she was. What? How evil of her. Her strangled corpse on the ground is very unpleasant to look it at. It is. She did, did, I liked all of the deaths in this movie. The The way that they died and were then dead was gross. gross. I liked it, too. I was like, wow, I don't want to look at that. Like, <laughs> and it wasn't even, like, gory or anything. It was just her dead. So Exactly. You know, they did a good job. Simon uh, goes outside, just walks outside, leaves the door wide open to yeah. his essentially one room house where the corpse is lying on the ground he grabs his the old trusty bill hook mm-hmm. and then he walks through the woods to the dilapidated nightclub yeah he's got a dance bud while the music swells and he seems at least a little regretful for having killed people yeah but i guess it was for revenge with the exception of the teens that don't really i mean he's i think he says because there's another flashback mm-hmm. of him talking to um franco telling him that he like killed the teens because obviously franco found the bodies when he went back to his cottage yeah his own house um and it was because brunhilda found the body that he had to kill them in case they told the police about donati's body complicated very complicated i truly think you could have just bought these teens off or like just been like oh oh i'll call the police and then not call the police exactly you don't have to worry about it whatever (laughs) They're, she's going back to Germany tomorrow, is what they said. Like, that's why they got to have sex tonight. Uh, Franco tells him to get out of the country. He'll buy him a ticket, mm-hmm. and then he'll take care of all of the murders. Yeah, just sign over the property to me, and I'll make everything go away. Well, it's so easy. There you go. Perfect. You got everything you ever wanted. He's a murderer. Your hands are clean. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. And then... In present time, mm-hmm. Alberto spears Simon through the chest. And again, does not die very easily. No, and when he does die, he remains standing up. Well, he's not dead yet, because it does show his body like drooping down. Oh, later? Yeah. Okay, good. Because he's just like... Yeah, he spits up blood on Alberto's hands, which freaks Alberto out, which would be really gross, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he and Renata leave... And the body looks essentially like Jesus, nice. crucified. Like there's a beam of light coming in. He's like looking up into the light. And then he's like, he goes limp. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. So they, uh, where, what happens next? They go back to... Yeah, Renata and Alberto uh, go fish the father's body out yeah. of the lake again. And then they go back to Franco's to find the documents. And they're looking through all the documents, all of them. And then the lights go out. Albert, look out, says Renata. Alberto lights a match and he starts walking around, but darn, those things keep burning fast and he's only got three of them. And oh, I really hated this scene. Like they burn fast, but not fast enough. Like not as fast as an actual match burns. <laughs> and then like 
What are you doing, dude? If someone's in there coming to kill you, it's basically being like, I'm over here with the match. I agree. I've always thought that when that happens in movies, it's like you're showing where you are. Isn't it better like get low on the ground and like try to hide? I don't know. Truly, that would be the best idea. They can't all be Buffalo Bill with the night vision goggles and everything. (laughs) Anyways. On the last match, he goes to investigate a room and Franco attacks him. Ah! They scuffle, it's a real rough and tumble roll around, yep. but then Albert wins and he stabs Franco. For Vic- some reason they try and make it look like it's ambiguous. Yes, for no reason. Almost as though the ending was an, a, an add-on. I, I mean, the ending feels very tacked on as you're about <laughs> to find out why. So, like... It goes from Renata looking like frazzled as she looks at this like, uh, did, silhouette of Who approacher. survived? Who was killed and who wasn't? And then the next morning, jump cut. Yeah, they burn the documents. Everything's going great for them. I've got this hideous briefcase that we found. Ha ha ha! Up until their kids shoot them with their gun, yeah. thinking it's a toy. Hey, mommy, daddy. Gee, they're good at playing dead, aren't they? Playing dead. They do a great job of playing dead. And then they run like children, like Brunhilde, artistically through the reeds. Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Sha-la-la-la-la-la. And that's the end, baby. Or should I say, bay. Ah, You know, baby, like the bay? Yeah. That has blood in it? A child. A bay of blood. was a weird movie what are your thoughts on it was it supposed to be like a parable of what i'm trying okay i always have this problem where i try to impose meaning onto these i don't movies. think it has any deeper meaning because they talk about it and like oh you kill for no reason but i killed to eat it i think so in some respect and then later when uh the countess is like i guess we just had different values <laughs> so it's like different values of killing like oh well just because you kill to eat I killed to fucking uh, put a bug on the paper, you know? What's the difference? <laughs> and then, like, everyone's a killer, basically. Yes, except for the teens. Yeah. They were just very unfortunately caught in the maelstrom. Looks like we just broke into the wrong house at the wrong See, time. See, that's why I think the one, one of the titles, Chain Reaction, is good, because it truly was... A, just a shitstorm of terrible luck for most people. Like the one mm-hmm. thing ended up causing this fallout for all of these other people. Like mm-hmm. a ripple in the water, like the fly at the beginning. A butterfly effect. Hmm. Killers killing killers. I do like this movie though for what it is. It's it definitely I feel like is like a bridge between the Giallo and the American slasher. I could definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, and obviously it's super influential over the direction that a lot of American movies went Mm -hmm. towards the late 70s and stuff. There's those fucking kids, man, shooting their parents. Plus, I really like Mario Bava. (laughs) He's one of my favorites. Who's that? The director. Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, he did one of my favorite movies, which is uh, The Girl Who Knew Too Much Mm -hmm. or Evil Eye. Ah. And that has Letitia Roman and uh, John Saxon in it. 
he was one of the directors where I discovered when I was probably like 20, I started watching his mm. stuff. And then I just went on like a huge hole watching all of his stuff. Like um, Black Sunday is really good. He directed Black Sunday, Black Sabbath, and a bunch of other ones. Kill Baby Kill. Black Kill Baby Kill. Because <laughs> the first two you said had black. As yeah, black one. Sabbath and Black yeah. Sunday. Black Sunday is really good. I think we should watch that sometime. Sounds good. It's from 1960. I'm always down to watch, to, to allow Barbara Steele to is, enter my eyes. is like the main character in it, and she's like the villainess from Piranha. Mm. The like evil doctor lady. Nice. Yeah. So six degrees of Jamie Lee for this bad boy. We've got Claudine Auger, who is in Salt on Our Skin, with Greta Scacchi who is in A Man in Love with Jamie Lee Curtis. Or A Man I Love? I'm not sure. I wrote it a down. A Man in Love with Jamie Lee Curtis. I wrote it down A Man in Love, but it might be A Man I Love. So A Man I Love, <laughs> comma, Jamie Lee Curtis. So the reason Bay of Blood came about was that Laura Betsy, who played Anna, the tarot lady, mm-hmm. And Mario Bava had worked together on another one of his films. Oh, he also did Blood and Black Lace. Ah, Black Lace, (laughs) again. True. Uh, Anyway, so they had worked together on another of his films, Hatchet for the Honeymoon, in 1969. And they got along so well that they wanted another reason to work together. So they came up with the simple story idea and the promise of lots of deaths, which was enough to secure financial backing from the producer slash one of the writers, Giuseppe mm-hmm. Zeccariello. And yeah, so it began production in early 1971 on a very low budget, which... I'm surprised. Mario Bava worked as cinematographer as well to mm-hmm. save money, but he did that on a lot of his movies. Um, they needed to get it shot fast, too. The location that they used was the producer, Giuseppe Zaccariello's beach house and the surrounding (laughs) property. I love that. And it actually had very little in terms of like nature and woods around it. Hmm. So for the forest scenes, what they did was um, they bought a bunch of sticks and foliage from a florist. And then they would put them in front of the camera to create the illusion that it was a forest. (laughs) I love it. It worked really well. Yeah, that's really funny. And they couldn't, they used like a, a children's wagon to do the tracking shots. Nice. Because yeah, it was before Steadicam, yeah. right? Yeah. For the death scenes, they hired Carlo Rambaldi to do special effects. And he won the 1971 Avoria's Film Festival Jury Award for Best Makeup and Special Effects. And he got a, a special mention at this uh, Sitches festival that year as well nice sages sages i don't know how to pronounce it doesn't then following this film he went on to huge success like he did a lot of um horror movies in like the 60s and early 70s okay late 70s too so he did the design engineering and construction of con uh kong in the 1976 king kong Mm. that's the one with uh who's the american horror story jessica lang Oh, okay. He did the alien in Close Encounter of the Third Kind. Created the alien head effects in Alien. He created E.T. Was the creature creator for Dune. And he did the werewolf suit for Silver Bullet. Holy shit, that's pretty prolific. And the special effects on Silver Bullet were 
part of I think the he's the one where the they <laughs> I can't remember. I know we talk about it in our silver bullet episode, but I think they hated his mm-hmm. werewolf costume at first and then they replaced it or something. I think they had no choice, choice. and yeah. then they just sort of edited around it or something. I see. I see. I don't know. Um yeah. So when it was released, it was considered very controversial. I'm sure. One promo ploy that they had was that every ticket holder had to pass through a final warning station <laughs> where they were warned face-to-face by a theater worker that it would be the last shock film they'd ever want to see. I, God. And then can you imagine, like, saying that deadly seriously and then being like, oh, uh, after you watch this, let's watch The Exorcist <laughs> or something like that. Can, like, if that's what viewers were promised as being, like, the top of the top, I can definitely understand why people were like, The Exorcist is too gross. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. But at the same time, now it feels tame. <laughs> it was one of the 39 films that were successfully prosecuted under the Obscene Publications Act in the UK. Oh, was it the Video Nasties? Yeah. Nice. Thanks, Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Dario Argento allegedly loved it so much that he had a projectionist friend steal him a print of the film during its first <laughs> run in Italy. That's and great. And he still possesses the print to this day. I can see a lot of the influences that came out of it, especially the black leather gloves. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah, it's good. It's like a giallo slasher. Yeah. But in a much more uh, rudimentary way. Like you said, it was like that bridge American between... sensibilities. Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. Like, it is a pretty influential movie, and it is, I think, one of the first very early sort of body count slasher movies, Mm -hmm. which is also different from a Giallo, because they don't necessarily have, like, the the body count pileup, and this had 13 deaths. That's a lot of... You know, if you had asked me to guess how many deaths were in this, I probably would have guessed eight or Hmm. or six. Interesting. Yeah, because I'm just not counting in my head. So that's interesting. Yeah, man. I don't know. I like Bay that. of Blood. Would recommend it. I think it's a good um, to watch, if nothing else, than if you appreciate the history of that. And you can definitely see the influence that it would have on later movies. Uh, maybe the plot isn't as strong, but the shots are beautiful. I think almost certainly it was like Bay of Blood, Texas Chainsaw, Black Christmas that were like the seminal nice. slasher movies before Halloween. Hmm. They were all within the same like four years. So interesting how that developed, eh? Because like, how often does a new like sort of genre film emerge that opens up that much space? I think the most recent uh, example I can think of, other than the Marvel movie, oh yeah, would be Twilight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that like teen romance, and then Fifty Shades. Sort of, yeah, that's a good point. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you. I don't think we have anything else to say. I but have nothing else. Thanks for sticking around, guys. We really appreciate it. And you know what else we'd appreciate? If you followed us on social media. Yeah. Though not necessarily. So but we would, because it lets us uh, interface with you. Yeah. It allows us to be a two-way street. And we essentially follow, I think we follow everyone back who follows us. So, yeah. There you go. So check us out uh twitter deaf first blood instagram definitely first blood if you want to email us contact us directly uh definitely first blood 
at, at gmail.com. Gmail.com. And rate, review, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. If you don't feel like it, don't bother. We don't blame you, but it's a nice. It nice, is nice. It's so cute. Oh my god, you rated us? You're the best. <laughs> okay, you. bye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Mm-hmm.